shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. A girl should be two things. Who and what she wants. Coco Chanel. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Star Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Be The Star You Are once again wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach program. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Kiwi, one of your hosts for today's show. And I'm Julia, your other host. Today, we will be talking about the wisdom and power of teenage girls. In segment two, we'll have author Chelsea Gooden talking about her book, which our topic is actually named after, The Wisdom and Power of Teenage Girls. In segment three, we'll have a reporter, Sanvi, talk about women in space history. Right now, Kirthi and I will have a discussion on the wisdom and power of teenage girls from our perspective as teenage girls. So when I think about teenage girls... I think about the pressures society puts upon us because I've seen that a lot of these pressures kind of revolve around appearance and how you're supposed to look. And they cause a lot of mental health problems, especially with self-esteem. I feel like the media plays a big role in this. It kind of glorifies being a quote-unquote average teenage girl, putting pressure on you that you have to look a certain way and act a certain way. I think the media has perpetuated the sense of quote-unquote just rightness that every teenage girl has to have. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You have to be smart, but not too smart. You see ads and social media posts perpetuating this idea of unrealistic beauty standards not appreciating every unique person's unique features and unique beauty. Like, for example, I don't think you can scroll through Instagram for like maybe 15 minutes without coming across an Instagram model who perfectly fits all of the beauty standards. And most of the time, these Instagram models don't even look like that in real life. So what do you think about this? Yeah, 
I think there's a problem where people don't realize what teen girls are actually like in the media. Like, there was a recent live-action adaptation of a show I watched growing up, which is Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they casted, I think, two or three girls who looked like teenage girls. I mean, they had, like, they had like baby fat in their faces because we all kind of do at this age, right? They were yeah. all minors while filming. And people were outraged because they didn't look how their cartoon counterparts looked. And keep in mind, these like ca- cartoon like versions of them had these like e- extremely thin faces that are just kind of impossible to get in real life. And they just received so much backlash on social media. Imagine like how terrifying that would be if you put yourself out there and this is your first major acting job on a major platform and all people can talk about instead of your performance or anything else like that is just how you look. And also these girls are gorgeous. Like these are unusually beautiful girls, but people still found a way to tear them down because they look like teenage girls. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the same thing happened with Annabeth and Pussy Jackson where they casted a black actress as the character Annabeth in Pussy Jackson, but in the books she was described as being like blonde and having gray eyes, and they made such a big deal out of it. Before the trailer even came out, before the show even came out, they can't judge this girl's like performance as Annabeth, her acting performance. They can't judge any of that because it hasn't even released yet. But they're already saying that she's like she's not my Annabeth. She's not Annabeth because just solely because what she looks like because when you're casting someone for a show or a movie it's more about how they express that character how good they are at portraying that character and being how that character is supposed to be not how they look how similar those two characters look especially if you can't like i don't i don't feel like appearance should play as big of a role as it does in our lives especially as teenagers it plays a little bit too big of a role like I feel like especially teenage girls have to encounter this yeah I agree I think the problem is often people just don't separate like appearance invades every single aspect of our lives mm-hmm. like I was scrolling through like TikTok the other day and I saw this I think she was a track and field long jumper and she just qualified for the Olympics and then I went to check the comments and instead of like girl power stuff like that it was just these terrible nasty like sexualizing comments and the thing is she was a minor and instead of talking about her performance like she just became an Olympian instead all they could talk about was how she looked in her uniform and I think that's kind of built in by our society. Just like, look at um, men's volleyball uniforms versus women's volleyball uniforms, right? Like the the more like loose shorts versus like the super tight spandex. Obviously, if you want to wear spandex, good for you. But this was like an enforced uniform. And it was so clearly meant to, like women's sports became like performative. It was about they had like a sexual nature to them almost. And I think it's so hard growing up as a teen girl, kind of going from, you know, like your middle school and elementary school years, like being kind of relatively sheltered and protected, then becoming a teenager and then just having the band-aid ripped off and being exposed to like a world that is kind of like creepy. It's a kind of predatory world. And I think not enough is done to prepare these girls when they're going out and getting older. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like it's the same thing with lacrosse. Like, men's lacrosse uniforms are these, like, really loose shirts, these really, like, comfortable, long shorts. Then when it comes to women's lacrosse uniforms, it's, like, this really tight-fitting tank top, and then this teeny-weeny little skirt, this little short, tight skirt that's incredibly hard to, like, run around and, like, pick up a ball. And, like, you can't do anything in that. I feel like us as young women and young women all over the world are just being objectified, just like being seen only by what they look like, what their body looks like, what their face looks like, what color their skin is, rather than like their actual talent, what they, who they actually are. Like people don't see that person beyond just their looks, yeah. especially when it comes to like young women and teenage girls. I mean, we hold, like, 14-year-old girls to the standards of adults, right? Because, obviously, when you're a girl, you're not going to look like a 25-year-old woman. But because of the media portraying, they're casting, like, 30-year-old actresses to play these teenage girls. There's just an unrealistic expectation. And not just for the girls looking at themselves, even though it's also very prevalent. Just for everyone, what people expect of teen girls. And I think it's a problem that we don't really give these girls that much preparation but then they, they well, I, I shouldn't say we don't give. I mean, they don't give us enough preparation to deal with the world and deal with our emotions. But they also expect us to, you know, be mature and act like adults when we've gone no, like, training. I think it's just super difficult. Yeah, exactly. It feels like the whole world views you as an object, yet you're supposed to be mature about it. If someone, if a girl tries to, like, speak out about this, tries to say, like, how oppressed we as women are in our society then there's backlash against that saying like oh you're being dramatic you're being like you're being too emotional and then creating this stereotype that women are just unnecessarily emotional even though we have a valid reason like a valid reason as to why we are like fighting about this fighting against this because we were being viewed past that we're not being seen past our looks And we want to change that because obviously it's not the case for men. Yeah, I agree. And I think people, there's like a stereotype that teen girls are like very like hormonal. And like, if you feel genuinely passionate about something and you display emotion, it's because you're on your period or something like that. I think society is just very dismissive of teen girls. They're seen as like very expendable, very like flimsy and dramatic. And like society just believes we're weak. And I really think, teenage girls have so much capability i mean we're powerful and also we're trying to deal with like navigating our own body image and puberty and all of that and i think it's just incredible incredible to be a teen girl like i really appreciate it even with all these struggles yeah i think because of all the struggles we have to go through like that makes us stronger like as teenage girls we were faced with so many problems, so many expectations, and we do live up to all of the expectations. We do solve all of the problems to the highest extent we can. We work so hard, and that in itself is just um, just a wonderful power. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone else could have a power like how teenage girls have it. Yeah. Um, the other day, I was like running a Zoom meeting where I brought a bunch of girls together and we were talking about sexual harassment, like in sports and other areas. And I don't know if you're like familiar with like Zoom bombing, right? Yeah, but, yeah. 
that's basically where, you know, either through the Zoom platform or something else, people like put in a bunch of codes and they get into your meeting uninvited. And basically uh, a guy, like a man randomly on the internet, because he had heard that we were having a meeting about sexual harassment, he purposely went and targeted our meeting, came in and um, kind of depicted these just really horrific, like explicit images. But the thing is, the way the girls reacted was so incredibly professional and calm. Like we immediately kicked him out of the meeting. We had a discussion about it and it kind of spurned us onwards. So even though it's mm-hmm. terrifying that there are sickening people out there who would do something to a, a room full of minors, right? I'm just yeah. so impressed with how powerful we are and how resilient we are and how we still manage to continue our meeting. And even though we're working on making our Zoom meetings more secure, I think Though that was a terrifying experience, it never should have happened. I'm glad it did because I learned the true dangers of the world, but I also surprised myself with my own power, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because we, even in our daily lives, like you're just like hosting a Zoom meeting and you experience like these creepy things happening because we're, we're minors and there are people out there, it teaches us that there are people out there who are objectifying us, who want to do bad things to us. And that makes us learn how to fight against them, how to not be vulnerable. So I feel like that stereotype of teen girls being vulnerable is just really not correct. Yeah, exactly. I think just like you said, because we have to face so much adversity as teen girls, just because of our identity and just because of being born into this world, we are inherently powerful because we are so resilient and determined to just keep on going. And I think I'm so like, I am so impressed with like my mom, my grandma, who gives so much to a world who has just dealt them like the worst hand, right? I mean, my grandma, she came from China and she's basically been objectified her whole life. Like there's a running joke in my family, which I think is like very problematic and cruel that she was only married for her looks. And now that she's older, obviously, and she doesn't look the same way she did at 25, that like Mm -hmm. she's good for nothing, which is, I think, a terrible thing to say to a woman who has put so much effort into her kids, into her husband and the entire family. And her journey is just incredible. And I want her to know that. And I want all women to know that their struggles growing up being teen girls, we see them, we understand. And there needs to be more recognition brought to just the the strength you need just being a woman. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, I feel like it's also like a problem in how much strength we're expected to have. Because... We are being, it's like we're being strengthened by these things that, these adversities that come to us. But at the same time, it's like a question. Why are we expected to deal with all of these adversities? Like, why are we expected to prepare for creepy people, like, trying to do weird things to us? When we should be fixing those people's mindsets to not even try to be creepy in the first place. Like, why is all of that and all of that weight put upon us, put onto us. And like, yeah, we are doing a great job of handling it, but it's really unfair to expect like a 15, 16 year old to do all of that, to have all of that on her plate. Exactly. I do not think it should be the job of teen girls to fix people's behavior. I think society needs to do better in protecting us 
and not stripping away our girlhood so early. I mean, we deserve the chance to be kids like like guys are able to. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I had an incredible just having this conversation. I think this is so important and so many teen girls and people in general need to hear this because a lot of people don't understand how hard it is being a teen girl. But unfortunately, that's all we have time for in this segment. But make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com, buy books and t-shirts in our store, make a donation to BTSYA at www.bethestarur.org. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about the power and wisdom of teenage girls. I am one of your hosts, Jyoti. And I'm your other host, Julia. Right now, we have Chelsea Gooden. She's been an academic tutor and mentor for 16 years with a particular emphasis on the empowerment of teen girls. She speaks regularly to audiences about gender justice, conducts workshops, and coaches parents on how to better understand and connect with their daughters. She's the Mentorship Director of Democracy, a nonprofit dedicated to inspiring and empowering female-identifying high school students to become future elected leaders and founder of the Activist Cartel, where she guided an influential nationwide subscriber base to take political and social action for gender and racial equity. As an activist, she advises public figures, galvanizes volunteers, and organizes large-scale events for national nonprofits, while also serving on the board of A Call to Men, which is a working-to-end gender-based violence. Her passion to explore humanity's potential for authenticity, liberation, and empowerment permeates all of her work. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you. It is my pleasure to be here, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's so awesome to have you here today. So... 
our first question is, why did you write this book about the power of the yeah. wisdom of teenage girls? Yeah, I wrote it because after spending so much one-on-one time with teenage girls, they just kept saying incredibly smart, wise, insightful things. And I was like, I felt like the world was dismissing and and minimizing what they had to offer. And, you know, so often the stereotypes on girls are like emotional and dramatic. And I just thought it was so unfair because the girls that I knew had uh, such strong, powerful insights that I felt the rest of the world could uh, gain from. And so I, I realized that I was in a good position to be their microphone for what they want to say to the world. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I wrote the book to honor the girls' voices. Totally. I mean, I'm a 15 year old girl, so I like can completely understand that. I mean, how do you see society parents at large, just underestimating teen girls? Right. So, you know, again, back to that kind of squashing that happens when they stereotype them. Uh, And, you know, the truth is girls are, I mean, let's look at their power and support of Taylor Swift or Barbie, right? Like that's a huge economic power actually that teenage girls have that is underestimated. But I actually think on a more uh, emotional level, you know, girls are looked at as their, their big feelings are such a considered a bad thing. And I don't agree with that at all. And I think that actually that their feelings are really underestimated in how much they have to offer our humanity. Like when we feel more deeply like that, which I believe all humans have big feelings and adults just learn how to squash and contain and repress them. And girls are actually really feeling things in a big way, both good and bad, but but that's part of being human. And I, I think that we are squashing a force because when a girl cares about something with her big feelings, she has all this potential to create so much change. And that's what I've witnessed. I've seen girls do extraordinary feats when they harness the the power of their empathy that they have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, you have managed to get these teenage girls to open up to you and share with vulnerability, like what what they have in their life and even the most personal things of their life. So how do you get them to feel safe enough to open up to you? Well, I would say that uh, I get rid of judgment, any feeling of judging them or any type of shame. Uh, And I feel like adults do it really in subtle ways too, not always so obvious. Um, But people are judgy and teenage girls feel judged and, uh, So the more I can meet them exactly where they're at with a tone of genuine curiosity, just wanting to be like, what are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? What do you think the solution is? And a a genuine respect for a girl's thoughts on a matter, uh, that is when I see a girl open up. Whereas I feel like adults so often come in thinking they know what's best, right? They come in with advice and they're going to fix it and they're going to slap positivity on it. And that makes walls go up because it's like, you don't even see me for where I'm at. And and so often girls feel misunderstood. Oh, I love the idea of like going to it without like a lens of judgment. I mean, my parents, obviously they're always there for me, but sometimes when I talk to them about a difficult part of my day, they're like, oh, what could you have done better? And sometimes it's just, you want like someone who will just listen to you and just be there to listen to you. I mean, what tips do you have for like parents or just any other concerned adults when a teen girl is trying to talk to them about processing a difficult feeling? Oh my goodness. Well, you would love my book. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and my book, you know, is underestimated the wisdom and power of teenage girls. Right. And the first chapter is feelings and it is about listening. Literally my first quote is about listening to girls and how really we just need to just li uh, listen and then reflect back what they're going through. So we can just be like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that does sound hard. It makes sense. You feel that way. And then that's it. You don't have to say anything else. So often that's what all human beings need is just someone to create that type of space. And I use the term holding space in there, you know, which is a term some people have heard a lot or maybe not. Uh, but that's just the act of of truly just listening and empathizing. And when you're when you were mentioning your parent just now, which is so common, um, you know, it comes from a good and good place. But really, it's again, it puts out this feeling that like they know best and they need to teach you something or they need to protect you. And Instead, that just feels like, oh, okay, so I'm just not good enough. Like my thoughts aren't, my feelings aren't good. They're bad. And, and it communicates something I don't think they intend, but it certainly happens. Yeah, definitely. As a teenage girl, I feel like communication with parents can be really hard at sometimes because all of the adversities we face as teenage girls, it's hard to open up about them and like tell someone about them because they are just, there's so many of them. Us as teenage girls are expected that we have so many societal pressures put upon us. We have so many expectations. So, so many feelings are happening around, which is why I really agree with your point about like teenage girls have big feelings and they just express the feelings. Everyone has feelings. Some people suppress it, some people express it. And that is, that's natural. So yeah. one of these teens is quoted as saying, having this sense of agency also makes my relationship with my parents so much better. So could you talk a little bit about how teenage girls talk about choice? Yeah. So, yeah. So once a person, you know, once an adult listens and creates that space and validation for your emotions, uh, then it's about empowering her agency in choices. So it's it's just quite simply saying, what do you think the solution is? How would you like to handle it? Instead of a parent telling them what they should do. And when a girl can actually choose her path forward, then it's, she's also much more likely to make it work because it's her idea, right? Whereas if a parent kind of says, you should do that, and then it doesn't work out, then you just would blame your parent anyway. Well, it was your idea. It wasn't mine. Like, and and so there, there's so much to be said about a girl actually checking in with herself and be like, wait, what do I think is the best way forward here? And even if you're still grappling with it and figuring it out, that it's that space where you start developing self-trust so that you can trust yourself. And then when a parent also gives you that choice, it shows that they're trusting you. And the more you feel trusted, the more you start trusting yourself. It's just, it's a very generative thing. And then say, you know, if you make a choice yourself and you make a mistake, uh, which happens. Again, all humans make mistakes. It's You're much, much more likely to learn from the mistake when it was your cho choice in the first place rather than it having been forced on you because then you're just like, oh, whatever, I didn't want to do it in the first place. And so it, there's good – whatever happens with the choice, if it's a big success or if it's not – at least there's ownership for a girl to have her own experience. And that's the, the place of empowerment. That's when you feel empowered is when you start making your own choices. Yeah. And what do you think happens when a parent actually goes and blocks or interferes with a teen girl's choice? Right. Which happens all the time. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And it, you know what? It, it communicates to her that she's not, that her thoughts and ideas weren't good and that 
it it doesn't feel good, right? I mean, would you agree that doesn't feel good when that happens? Yeah, I feel like when my parents don't give me space to make choice, I feel like I don't really have anywhere I can grow. I feel like stifled almost. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I talk about that in the choice chapter. I, the girls that I quote talk about feeling caged and trapped. I think another girl even used the word stifled. Yeah, I completely get it. And and everyone feels like that. But I feel like we when that when we our choices are blocked, but I think it happens to teenage girls big time. I don't know why we're not taking you more seriously. <laughs> and also my experience has been when I give a teenage girl choice, she's she's so smart about it that they actually, when you really have that full respect, girls are really responsible these days. And we are, again, underestimating them. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it, there's also like an expectation for us to be more responsible than the boys. And we do. We we do a great job of living up to that expectation (laughs) and exhibiting maturity because that is what our, our world, the world around us is telling us to do. It's to be more mature. And we're doing a great job of doing that. So definitely. Yeah, look at so, you two are hosting a radio show, for heaven's sake. You're at age 15, and you're extraordinary. That's what I. That's why I wrote the book. You are extraordinary. Look at what you're doing. And, and you know, to actually uh, talk about that expectation, that pressure that you mentioned earlier, um, I do see how, you know, that I'm not a fan necessarily of this pressure we put on girls to be perfect and to be likable. Like, that's where so much anxiety can come from. I'm, I'm a, the mindset of let the girls be fully human and their full expression, you know? you can also be grumpy and I still think you're amazing. You know, you don't need to be some likable, perfect, mature person at all times either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my parents, like I'm the oldest child. I have a little brother, right? I'm a lot is expected of me like in school, but also in a, how I like navigate my relationships. And I think a lot of the time, like this almost sense of perfection is expected from these teen girls and it can be really overwhelming Especially when you're trying to, you're trying to, you oftentimes, like, bro, I, I can say this from my own experience, you don't feel quite comfortable with your body, all these changes are happening, there's all the school dynamics, and then also you get pressure just from every single end to look a certain way and talk a certain way, but also be gracious at the same time. So how can parents do a better job of kind of reframing flaws to celebrate the uniqueness of teen girls? Yeah, Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, there's a whole perfection chapter and there's a people-pleasing chapter too because these are such common struggles. And by the way, they get carried into womanhood and adulthood. Lots of these kind of wounds that happen in our teenage years can be carried into adulthood. And that's another reason I wrote the book was so that maybe we could solve these problems earlier so we don't have to deal with them later and we can change the trajectory for women. Um, So these quote-unquote flaws we have when we're not perfect. Well, first of all, perfection doesn't exist. It does not exist, right? And so that that's the messaging first and foremost I wish parents would change, just telling girls like, hey, I, you have nothing to prove to me. Like, you're great the way you are, and, and it wouldn't, it's impossible for you to be perfect anyway. That's not a standard that even exists. And um, I Yes, there's pressure in looks and there's pressure in grades and there's all these different ways you're quote-unquote supposed to be perfect. And uh, I love to look at quote unquote flaws as uh, actually ways that you're unique and ways that you're, I, I like to lean into people's weirdness and uniqueness because that's where our authenticity is. And 
So there are clues to actually parts of ourselves that can be really cool and interesting, but because society's defined this perfection model, we don't pay attention to them in the same way. So, you know, I had one girl who, when she writes an essay, her brain would kind of get really scattered and she couldn't get her thoughts, you know, to write the essay. And I was like, it was, you know, seemingly a flaw, right? Because she was struggling in a class. And I was like, you know, what did that, what does it feel like inside your head? And she called it a swirl. It feels like a swirl. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's call it the Nina swirl. Her name was Nina. And she like laughed and was like, okay. And we started actually understanding how her brain worked. And it just worked differently than said standard that everyone thinks it should. And she once she started understanding how her thoughts kind of swirled around, she understood how to put them down on paper differently. She flowed with that. She started, we started bringing positivity to that's the way her brain works. And it's actually really cool and it's really creative. And so instead of her feeling like, oh, I'm just bad at writing essays, she harnessed her own uniqueness and used it to, to work for her essay writing skills and lots of other things. You know, that's just one example. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like one of the one of the reasons we feel like we need to be perfect is because we want to be liked. Like, I feel like likability, especially for teenage girls, is just a really big problem. Like, we want to be, we want everyone to like us. And we have this mindset, society has given us this mindset that if we're not perfect, then people won't like us. Like, even adults want to be liked. Like, no, nobody wants to be kicked off of the island. Nobody wants to be disliked. But the drive for likability can get toxic, especially for teenagers like us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the impact of likability versus authenticity? Yeah, goodness, such such a good question. And so at the heart of my book, because I agree with everything you're saying, and this people-pleasing, I mean, that's the name of the chapter that really deals with this likability issue is all about, we're telling girls that they need to put other people's needs before their own. It's like everyone else needs to be happy before themselves. And it's that phrase, you know, we often hear, it's like, it's fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's good, fine, you know? And it's like, it's not always, there's more going on. And, you know, usually when I get in there, a girl will tell me some hard things going on. And I'm like, you know what, that isn't fine. And I can hold space for that. You know, we can we can have room for displeasing feelings, for things like disappointment and frustration. And you don't have to tell me that you're fine just to, to care for my needs so that I feel comfortable and good and that you're okay. Um, you know, what if we actually allowed some girls room to have, again, that humanness, right? And that's where authenticity also, again, thrives is when we're actually connected to our our truth, our truthful center, whether it's emotions or whether it's our interests. So often two girls are, it seems like if they are good at one thing, then they get so affirmed for that. And so they just start doing that one thing. And sometimes they don't even like it. I've had a girl who was, you know, star volleyball player and she didn't even, I ended up asking her, do you even like volleyball? You know, after she was so stressed out all the time. And she looked at me and I was I, I was the first person that even asked her that if she liked it <laughs> and she didn't like it. And she ended up quitting and and finding a lot more happiness doing things that resonated with her authenticity. And so it's, it's important for us to check in and not uh, put our needs before our girls and actually ask, you know, hey, wh- what what actually makes you happy? 
Yeah. So you write that worrying is perceived as control. So how do you think parents can reframe this worry? Because I know that a lot of it just comes out of a good, good place. Obviously, my parents want the best for me and they really do love me. But sometimes the way they kind of express their love, I kind of push back against it because sometimes it's seen as like not letting me hang out with my friends after school or taking away opportunities from me. So how do you think parents can reframe this worry? Yeah. No, I know worry is is does is not helpful. It's it's fear. Also, it's perceived control and it's fear. And when girls are absorbing their parents' fear, again, they just feel not trusted, right? Like I you I I bet you're super trustworthy in hanging out with your friends after school, right? And so it you don't feel respected and um and so to me it's interesting talking <laughs> Because I'm, I'm constantly having parents ask me how to do it, right? So I'm going to tell you kind of what I tell parents is, first of all, that that fear isn't going to have a good impact on their daughter. Like that type of worry that just makes them not trust themselves. But it also puts up walls, right? You feel I, it's so sweet of you to like, you know, think you're, you know, your parents are well-intentioned, but you're also kind of walled off. You're like, okay, well, they don't get me or like they aren't seeing me. They're not understanding me. And at the end of the day, a parent really does want to connect better with their daughter. So I try to come at it with that motivation of like, do you want the walls to go up or do you want to actually hear her and and get her input on this and, and know where she's coming from? And even if they end up, you know, having a rule and, and saying no to something, I'm all, I'm all about telling parents to at least give you space to to be heard first so that your your perspective is has a voice in whatever the conflict might be. Um, and so I'm always saying, like, listen to her for solid five minutes before you start saying, you know, what you want her to do. The, I mean, do you feel like that would help you if you had a little bit more room like that to speak your needs? For sure. I feel like when I get the angriest at my parents, it's when I feel like they just aren't listening to me and they aren't seeing me. And I really feel like like we have, sometimes when we do argue, mostly our relationship is really good, but we do have our moments, of course. What really like drives a wall up is when I feel like there's just a lack of communication and that they just don't want to understand me. And I feel like just giving me the room to talk for five minutes would really just reframe like the entire interaction. I really think it could change the way I talk to my parents. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I... I, by the way, both of you can hold me accountable to anything I'm saying right now, right? If I say something that doesn't resonate with you, please let me know because I'm constantly checking in with teenage girls. Like the whole book, by the way, you know, I had teenage girls involved in it. They picked the chapters, they, they're quoted. And so it's really important for me to stay true to what your truth is too, so that I can be the right microphone for you, right? To the adult world, the translator, if you will. But yeah, if you had that five minutes, I actually even tell parents to give you that time and then not say their thing, like say their thing the next day, like make that time just your time, you know, to speak. And what if we actually created that amount of space for a girl to say what her needs are with not a dialed up charged uh, environment where a parent has triggers and they're kind of charged about it all. The reason things get charged is because they aren't intentional. Things get uh, built up, right? No one's listening to each, other, to each other. So it gets built up, built up, built up and goes into more of a conflict zone. What if you actually intentionally planned to have that listening time where you seek to understand your kid in front of you? And that's the goal, you know, to give her space, to say her needs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I, I also honestly agree with Julia on, like, if my parents would just listen to me sometimes, 
there would be like so many problems that could be solved, so many misunderstandings that could be solved. So definitely, like we need to give, we need parents to give us more time to talk, to express our feelings wholly, and then for them to bring up their point the next day or something like that. So I'm going off track a little bit, but let's talk about social media and media in general. Like there's always a concern about teenage girls and social media. And that's definitely a valid concern. But what about mainstream or legacy media? What impact do they have and what do they get wrong or right about teenage girls? Yeah. So, if, I mean, we're talking about TV shows. Um, I mean, let's talk about that, mainly our movies. Uh, because to me, it's about representation. There's not enough in, uh, amazing women characters, girl characters that are fully representing the diversity of voices and experiences. You know, we're still dealing, I don't know if you've heard of the Bechdel test, but it's this test where to see if movies pass and all they need to do to pass it is A, have a uh, of two female named characters, like who have a name. Number two, they have to talk to each other at some point in the movie. And number three, they have to talk to each other about something other than a man. And that's all that needs to happen for a movie to pass the Bechdel test. And there are so many movies that do not pass the Bechdel test. And like big time movies, even female led movies, like who are the main character, they often don't pass the Bechdel test. And that's horrific. That's such a, a baseline standard of anything, right? Let alone, you know, Oscar nominated films aren't passing the Bechdel test to this day. And so that just gives you an idea of just how we're not fairly fully telling women and girls stories in our media. And does that answer that question of what you were thinking? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it was basically about TV shows and movies. And yeah, I definitely agree with how, like, how represented people in TV shows and movies can be sometimes. Sometimes they can be misrepresented. And I feel like the Bechdel test, I agree with you. It's a really, really basic standard. Like, I feel like the point that our society is right now, there shouldn't be so many movies that don't pass the Bechdel test because it's the bare minimum of just showing us that women and men are equal, that women also get to talk about actually serious things. And it's just so surprising that this is how our media is, even in our present day. So yeah. um, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's segment. So you website i know that your instagram is chelsea Gudon, just her name so listeners social media her social media sites username is chelsea Gudon, just her name and she also has an instagram gallery books so check out her book underestimated about the wisdom and power of teenage girls if you enjoyed our discussion today and as well as the social media site and make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to BTSYA at www.bethestoryyouare.org. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about the power and wisdom of teenage girls and young women. I'm Kyofi, one of your hosts. And I'm Julia, your other host. Right now, we have Sanvi, our reporter. Hello, teen radio listeners. My name is Sanvi Panindra, and on today's segment of Space Spotlight, today we're celebrating the pioneering women in space history and the inspiring lessons they've imparted to generations of young dreamers, especially the teenage girls who look up at the night sky and see a canvas of endless possibilities. Let's start with Valentina Tereshkova, the first woman to orbit our planet. Her story is not just one of the historical significance, but a beacon of hope for anyone who's ever been told that their dreams are too lofty. Tereshkova wasn't born an astronaut. She was made one through a courage and unwavering spirit. As a young girl fascinated by the sky, she took up skydiving, a hobby that would eventually catapult her into the cosmos. It's a vivid reminder that the path to achieving a dream often starts with a single, seemingly unrelated step. Then there's Mae Jemison, an icon of determination and brilliance. The first African-American woman in space, Jemison's journey was from, from a curious, science-loving child to a trailblazing astronaut underscores that underscores the importance of nurturing diverse interests. Her life teaches us that being a teenager passionate about coding, painting, or anything in between reminds us that every interest adds a unique thrust to your liftoff into greatness. And how could we not talk about Christina Koch, who set the record for the longest spaceflight by a woman? Koch's story is a testament to the power of perseverance and the pursuit of knowledge. From her early days spending gazing at the stars to her monumental achievements in space, she exemplifies how steadfast dedication and a love for learning can lead to groundbreaking accomplishments. For all the young women listening, 
Let Koshi's journey inspire you to push boundaries and reach for new heights, whether that's in space, science, or any field that you're passionate about. So to every teen- teenage girl tuning in, dreaming of stars and beyond, let these stories illuminate your path. The journey to reaching your dreams, much like a voyage into space, is filled with challenges, surprises, and moments of unparalleled beauty. Embrace your passions, pursue knowledge with vigor, and never let the vastness of the universe intimidate you. Instead, let it inspire you to carve your path, to be resilient, and to remember that in pursuit of the cosmos, there's no limit to what you can achieve. The universe is expansive and a canvas of endless possibilities, and it makes your mark. The stories of these pioneering women in space history are not just tales of the past. They're beacons for the future, lighting the way for you. They show that with passion, dedication, and courage to question and explore, there's no limits to what can be achieved. Yeah, within the power to reach the stars, to uncover the mysteries of the cosmos, and to make your mark on the universe. Yes, I totally agree about this. Like, we as young women should not be underestimated. We have all the power to do whatever we want to do. So who exactly was the first woman to be in space? And what can we learn from her journey about pursuing dreams that seem to be out of reach? Um, well, Valentina Tereshkova was the first woman to venture into space, and her journeys teaches us about the importance of courage and determination. And despite the odds, she pursued her passion for skydiving, which unexpectedly became a stepping stone to her selection as a cosmonaut. This shows that pursuing your interests, even when they seem unrelated to your ultimate goal, can open unforeseen paths to success. That's so true. Um, How did Sally Ride's achievements and efforts in STEM education inspire further generations? And what steps can we take to follow in her footsteps? Well, Sally Ride broke barriers as the first American woman in space and later focused on encouraging young women to pursue STEM through education and outreach. So to follow her steps, um, one can engage in STEM activities, seek mentorships, Um, and participate or start science clubs and outreach programs that encourage girls in these fields. Yeah, and also Mae Jemison's background is diverse, including interests in dance and medical research in addition to going into space. So how does this diversity contribute to success and why is it so important for young women to pursue a broad range of interests? Well, Mae Jemison's diverse background contributed to her holistic approach to problem-solving and creativity, proving that success in STEM benefits from a wide range of experiences and interests. For young women, pursuing diverse interests can foster unique perspectives and skills, enhancing their ability to innovate and lead in their chosen fields. Mm, that's so smart. I mean, Christina Koch set the record for the longest single space flight by a woman. How does her perseverance and dedication inspire you to set and achieve your own records? Christina Koch's record-setting mission is a testament to the power of resilience and dedication, and she inspires us to set ambitious goals and persistently work towards them, understanding that overcoming challenges is part of the journey. And identifying a personal goal, no matter how big or small, 
and dedicating oneself to achieving it can be a way to emulate her perseverance. And moving on to our next space lady, Kathleen Johnson played a pivotal role in the success of NASA's early missions. So how does her story highlight the importance of mathematics and determination in achieving one's dreams? Well, Katherine Johnson's critical contributions to NASA, despite the challenges of racial and gender discrimination, underscored the importance of mathematics and unwavering determination in realizing one's dreams. Her story encourages us to excel academically and persistently pursue our goals, reminding us that dedication and hard work can overcome barriers. That's so true. I mean, moving on to our next inspiration from the space world, um, Peggy Whitson broke records for the most culminative time spent in space by an American astronaut. What does her journey tell us about leadership and pursuing excellence in one's career? Well, Peggy Whitson's journey to become a record-holding astronaut and the first female commander of the International Space Station showcases the importance of leadership and pursuit of excellence. It teaches us that leadership is earned through hard work, expertise, and the courage to take on challenges, encouraging young women to aspire to leadership roles in their career. Yes, I totally agree. Like, girl power. Like, we as girls and young women have the power to do whatever we want. We can reach for the stars. And these ladies we're talking about now quite actually reached for the stars and got there. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Thank you so much, Sandy, for that awesome segment. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Star Productions, Cynthia Bryan, be the star you are, and our audio engineer, Jordan. Thanks to all our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at ExpressYourselfRadio. The power of teenage girls is like no other. Support teen girls. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself